Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This particular show is about child marriages that we've been advocating to stop in third world countries is actually happening here in the United States. That's so crazy to me. So when the producers told me about this story, I was like, are you kidding me again that there's this issue going on here in the United States that we don't know about? Right. There's only two states, New Jersey and Delaware, where you have to be 18 years old in order to get married. Only two states in the United States. That's it. That's it. Wow. You can be seven years old. Does the law allow it because it's it, it's a religious thing? No, it doesn't have to be a religious thing. All you have to do is have the consent of either a judge in some states, consent of a parent in some states. Some states you need the consent of two parents. So what a lot of people do is that they'll state shop, okay? To so figure out where to figure they, out where wow. the the laws. What's are the, the incentive? Most, well, yeah, but still, why I'm would trying the to figure what, out why the parents? Why, why would the parents? Well, we're that. gonna we're gonna talk to some young ladies today, and they're gonna explain what their experiences were. But it varies. I need to hear the different reasons. Yeah, me too. What? We're doing a show. Ah, oh, thank you guys for being here with yeah. us today, Genevieve. Sarah. 
Yeah, we really appreciate you coming today. And, Thank you and so much. Talking to us about this subject because for us, we didn't, I was so shocked yeah. when the producers told me that this was something that's actually happening in the United States. Right. Um, yeah, it's a common response. Yeah. yeah like we, we were totally unaware. Like, right. we are aware of that it happens in certain religious cultures mm -hmm. and overseas. Yeah. yeah. It's right it's here a, in our own It's country. a common misconception that child marriage happens abroad and it doesn't happen here. Them, not us. Yeah, that's that's them. It's, it's not yeah. us. Right. Yeah. So I think people have this misconception of, like, the childhood sweethearts. Yeah. That right. is child marriage of yesterday, right. of the 50s and 60s. Today, what child marriage looks like is the majority girls marrying adult men. And it doesn't just happen within religious, religious. sects or mm -hmm. religious cults. It happens across the board and for many different reasons. And generally, it's one parent or both parents forcing the child into the marriage. Wow. Right. Genevieve, your story is heartbreaking. And what's interesting about it is that, from what I know so far, that it wasn't based in any kind of religious. No. And I know this is your first time that you're actually talking about it in public. And I really want to thank you. I'm so glad that you're willing to share this thank with you. us. Genevieve grew up in Southern California as a child who fell through the cracks of the system. She never knew her father, rarely got to go to school, and frequently bounced between foster care, shelters, and even juvenile hall. But it was one spring when she went to live with her mother that her world turned even darker. So I turned 15, and I met a man down the street. He was 42. Really um, preyed on me right away. Got it. Um, but keep in mind, you know, I mean, I feel like I have no value. Right. Up until right. this point, nobody's ever helped me. Nobody's ever poured anything into me. Right. You know, I was so alone, just utterly alone. So it was weird from the start, like the things that he would say to me. And I mean, I knew it wasn't right, but at the same time to have somebody notice you. Right. And compliment you. Um, so it was very confusing it wasn't long before things started progressing and behavior became more and more inappropriate. Right. And he was arrested. And then within a few days, my mom approached me and said, you know, this is all your fault. You're a slut. Mm -hmm. You seduce this man. This is, this is your fault. And so she offered the solution. She said, if you guys get married, then he will not be prosecuted. Oh so he's been God. arrested. He's posted bail. He's out. There's a pending court date. So... The, the goal for her was to marry me before that court date so then the charges would be dropped and he wouldn't be prosecuted. And she said things like, you know, because he had children, and she's like, you know, he's going to lose his children and, you know, he's going to lose everything. And just basically his life is more valuable than yours. Wow, that, right. And gonna we're going to swap them really, out. Right. Really, right. Yeah. That she gravitated what? to what was best so for him, him rather than mm -hmm. what was best for you. So somehow she figured out that Mississippi was probably a good bet to get this feat accomplished. So she went and she signed over power of attorney to this man. She copied her driver's license and she gave him me. And they went to Big Lots and got cheap scratchy lingerie and lube. And then he took me in um, an RV that he had borrowed, and we drove from Southern California to Mississippi. And we had really painful intercourse often. I remember just crying and crying and him telling me to stop, and I need to toughen up. 
And he said that he was trying to help me, that he knew that my mom was really bad, that my home life was really bad, and he was just trying to provide me with a better situation that included having sex with me. Right. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men... How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. 
about $6 million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, at this point, I'd never met my dad, but I knew that he lived somewhere in Louisiana. And I kind of knew, like, some names and maybe some locales. I stopped and went through a phone book every chance that I got trying to find him. Mm-hmm. I thought... I thought about, um, you know, we stopped at a rest stop or something, just walking out the back, and maybe, you know, somebody would help me yeah. and intervene. But nobody had ever helped me before. So why did I think it was going to work this time? Right. So we got to Mississippi. We go to the courthouse, and we went up to this judge and my fiancé. He um, said, hey, will you marry us? And the judge said, well, I'll marry her. She's kind of cute, but I'm not going to marry you. And before I knew it, he took out this little book, and he started reading words, and everything started spinning. And I'm like, this is happening. This, this is really happening. It's, it, it's over. Right. And then... I went to go throw up. So that was my wedding day. Goodness. Was he physically abusive to you? At times, yeah. yeah. He was also an alcoholic, used drugs. We got eviction notices constantly, so I didn't have housing security. I didn't have food security. I was not able to go to school. I never did get to go to school. He did not financially support me, so as soon as I was able to, I got a job at like a fast food place and he had to sign my work permit. So you couldn't work, but you could get married. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is insane. So at this point, I am so depressed. I am so anxious. I am suicidal pretty much all the time. I feel like my purpose in life and the only value I had was what I could provide sexually. Right, mm. right. And I'm sure that wasn't consensual either. Well, I mean, it's not like I really said no, but I didn't really feel like I had a choice either. Right. You can't say no. Right. It doesn't matter, like... This is what your what, life is. This yeah, is what's expected of you. It doesn't matter what they want. And if you don't comply, yeah. then what's going to happen? I always wonder, like, what's the biggest, like, why can't you come to them and say, I want to get divorced, and then they can just divorce you? Like... What's the holdup? Like, what's the obstacle? Yeah, like, I'm just ignorant about that whole thing. Well, as a child, you may not even know where to go to get divorced. You might not be able to get yourself there. Right. It's it's a contract between two people. Yeah. So two people enter into the contract, and they both have to agree to leave the contract. Now, what happens as a minor if you try to get a divorce? Can you enter into another contract with an attorney? Oh my God! That's so you can't, completely avoidable. You're, you're not. You're oh. a minor, so you can't even get yourself out of. It's honestly wow, a perfect trap. Wow. Yeah. There right. you go. It's a perfect it's trap. It's a perfect trap. It's a perfect trap. That's yeah. that's a perfect wow. way to describe it. And how long were you? I was there? stuck in that environment until I was 19. How did you get out? By this point, my mom had moved from Southern California to Virginia. Okay. 
And I mostly just wanted distance from my husband. So I actually moved back with her. Okay. But I'm 19, so right. I am actually an adult. I can go get a job. Right. And I can leave if I want to. Right. And I'm even seeing somebody, this socially awkward young man who was nice. Right. And I'm trying to get legally divorced. And I can't because I either don't have the money or I haven't lived at the same address long enough or I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to do. Right. And I found out I was pregnant. So you're still married to, still legally married. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. at 20, I had my daughter, and I became a mother. And that is when I woke up. Got it. And, and then you say you woke up. I woke up, and I had a reason to live. Yes. So beautiful. And the world looked different. Right. Whatever I had to do, you know, my daughter was going to have a different life than I had. Right. Right. I was able to progress professionally. Nice. So we had our apartment, and it was the two of us. That's awesome. And yeah. I got a little more confidence. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go get, this, get this wrapped up. So take us back to the beginning for you. Sara's parents were divorced when she was just five years old. She lived primarily with her domineering father, who was a member of a strict religious sect. Gender roles were rigid, and her father controlled every aspect of her life, as a teen, Sarah moved in with her mother. She began high school and even dreamed of becoming a lawyer. But her father had other plans. So I was living with my mom, and she kind of let me have my freedom. Yeah. Of course, like at that age, freshmen in high school, boys are starting to talk to you. That's like a normal thing. Right. And then at that summer after my freshman year, um, my mom told me that I had to go visit my dad. And I didn't want to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I was still afraid of him. Um, but, you know, I had to go. Right. It was my dad. And that's not to say that I don't love my of dad. Of course, of course. You know, you don't stop loving your parents. Absolutely. So it's really hard to, like, you know, think that somebody that you really love is just, like, you know. Um, but as soon as I got off the plane, he basically sat me down and was just like, you know, you can't have sex outside of marriage and you're getting married. The leader of our group is gonna pick somebody for you and you're getting married. I think he thought that he had to protect my sexuality at mm. all costs. And if he didn't, not only I would go to hell, right. which was a very real place for me, but he would as well. Okay. And I don't have any way to talk to my mom. I wasn't allowed to talk to my mom. Did she know that's what he was? No. Yeah. She oh. thought I was coming back Mm -hmm. to live with her and, like, finish my high school. Wow. Right. That's what she thought. How old were you? I was 15. 15. Oh. And he was 28. Wow. And I was spiritually married to him that same night. Which so I, you had yeah. a wedding? You, what it was, was a spirit, spiritual... So it's kind of like when you go to the church and you just get married in the church, church? but it's not oh. necessarily the legal part oh. of it. yes. And after that night, I was physically handed over to this man who I just met that morning. And for all legal purposes, he was like my guardian. So it was almost like I went from being a daughter to now a wife in like a they just one night. let him take you. Yeah. And I just remember kind of like, okay, like this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I've been told what to do like my entire life. So it's almost like I felt like, oh, I'm doing the right thing. Thing. Yeah. Right. I'm agreeing to something that I was always supposed to do. Like, I've always been destined to do this. 
And I thought at that time, like, I'm a wife now, like, I have to accept this and, like, be a wife, you know, and, like... Take on the duties yeah, and responsibilities. And you're, I was told, like, you can't use birth control. When your husband wants to have sex with you, you, you have, have to. to do it. Like, that's just what you do as a wife. And I became pregnant right away. Mm. Yeah. So you were pregnant by 16. I was pregnant by 15. Oh. I hadn't turned 16 yet. Wow. We were living in the Bay Area. And at that point, he would have been breaking the law in California because you have to be 18 years old in California to give consent to sex, but not to marriage. marriage. Like, so oh it's a, a loophole God. around statutory rape. And <sighs> marrying him protected him from being charged with statutory, statutory rape. 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 Yes. yes. That just is so backwards. Yes. To be 18, but then you don't have to be 18 to consent for marriage. marriage. But you have to be 18 to consent yeah. to sex. And we ended up going to Reno and doing a, this like drive-through wedding chapel thing. Oh. In the state of Nevada, they only require one parent to give consent um, in the form of a permission slip. Like you excuse your child from class, and my dad gave my consent for me. My mom did not know. She still did not know. I was out to here pregnant. The thing that really baffles me is like, how is there just no protection for these girls? If all you need is just one parent signature? Well, the expectation is that your parent is your protection. Yeah, exactly. Like, and if your parent is agreeing exactly. to it, then... I don't even remember being asked, like, do, do you, you want to? What, does, do you yeah. do you want to marry this person? Like, right. should I call your mom? Right. So, what was your marriage like? Were you afraid? Yeah, I mean, I was afraid, but then a part of me felt like, well, you know, I just have to make this work. Yeah. Right. Right. He was controlling. I couldn't drive. He had complete control over everything, finances, like where we lived, and so it was. It became this very ugly dynamic between us and. Would you say that it was more of like an emotional, yes. verbal abuse? Yeah. But really, I think the abuse was the imbalance of power. Yeah. I never yeah. felt that I had a say in what was going on. I never felt like a human being. It wasn't until I had my daughter who... My daughter uh, was the first love of my life. Yeah. And... I, like, something in me changed, and I was like, I have to, there's something wrong. Yeah. Like, I, there's, um, I didn't think it was wrong until that point, which yeah. sounds really weird, but. That makes sense, because when you have yeah. children, it's just, puts you, things you have a whole nother consciousness yeah. comes, you know, yeah. I started taking classes at, like, a local adult school. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, 
We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I was almost through it, and I found out I was pregnant with my son. And I was devastated. I right. felt like, oh, my God, I'm stuck again. Right. I, there was one point where I think we were sitting at dinner, and he started screaming like he usually did. And I was just like, I'm kind of done with this. Yeah. Right. I don't need—why am I here? 
How did you really end up like getting the like courage to just make that? Um, I mean, my kids, step. but I felt like I had to be financially stable before exactly. I did that, and I wanted to be able to take care of my kids, and because I knew I was going to be responsible for that. So once you got financially stable, that that kind of gave you the confidence to be like, I'm going. Yeah. I'm, yeah. But it took yeah. me three years to divorce him. I'm honestly starting to think that it's like planned. Like mm -hmm. these laws are like, it's systematic mm -hmm. oppression of young girls. Like these laws are like, it's broke. Like we see it and it's broken, but it's like specifically set up this way for a reason. You know, I mean, that's ultimately why we're sharing our stories right. to raise awareness that yes, it is happening. This is how much is happening. And we do have to actually change those laws. It took me years to even just like be able to talk about this. Right. And it wasn't until I started going to counseling and like counseling was a huge part of it to even like grasp what had happened. And even still, I still struggle with it. Like it lasts for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's not something that you can just be like, why don't you just get over that? You know, yeah. That happened when you're you were healing 15, for it. You know? like you're, yeah, it like ripples yeah. out to your life too. And even when you think you're stable and you've got it going on, something else will pop it up triggers, and you'll be like, yeah. well, here we are some more. For you to not see like a child and the purity and the fact that you're putting them in a situation that is so the opposite of their purity. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I just, something had to have happened to them to make them think that's, that that's okay. Yeah. I, I still struggle with that myself, because I'm, why would you have a child if you just want to abuse them? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. Do you know, my mother, she doesn't feel like she did anything wrong. You right. know, he doesn't feel like he did anything wrong. They feel like I'm, you know, really emotionally disturbed and I a bad person. Now, what about your dad? Do you do you have a relationship with your dad, or do you do you do you talk to him? Do you want to talk to him? It's just it's hard mm -hmm. to. I wish I could talk that. to my dad like we're talking right now, uh, but he doesn't want to have that conversation. Right. If he wanted to have that conversation, I would have it with him. Yeah. But I want to have an honest conversation. I don't want to have a conversation where we're just like talking about the weather. Right. Yeah. Right. You know. You both have gone to school, you've got careers, you've got new lives. Let me just hear about that real quick. I finally went and got my GED when I was 28, and I started at the community college, and then I went over to the bigger college. And uh, so, yeah, I went from a GED to a master's degree in nine years. Wow. wow. Yeah, so my undergraduate is in uh, human services, which is like psychology and sociology, and then ultimately I got an MBA, so a master's in business. Good for you. Nice. Um, I got my undergrad in 2017, rolled that into a master's, and I just graduated a uh, master's program wow. in public administration, um, and my undergrad is in business administration. Wow, that's awesome. So beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like, honestly, <laughs> there are so many, like, even hearing you guys' stories and thinking of myself, <laughs> like, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, You're just at the beginning. Some, yeah. yeah. You're so young. Like, some, <laughs> some people, like, their soul can just be crushed by things like this. And the yeah. fact that you guys have become even yes. more, you yeah. know, expansive yeah. human beings is like... Well, we had strong daughters we had to raise. Yes. Exactly. Thank you so much, ladies. Yes. We can't thank you enough for um, having thank the opportunity. Thank you for listening. Listen, thank you thank for... Thank you for being an audience telling. and bringing it yes. to your audience. And there are organizations out there that will help you despite the laws being a challenge. Um, Tahereh Justice Center, 
Unchained at last. This is gonna educate a lot of people and help a lot of people too. So thank you. Thank you thank for coming you. to thank share you. this with thank us. You. Thank you. We appreciate it. Amazing. Yeah, this thank is you. awesome. How do you guys feel after sharing all of that? I feel a little weighted myself, but at least it's it feels yeah, it, it exhausts brings stuff yeah. back. It brings it's a lot, just, it brings it all yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are done. We're done. Come on, new friend. Yes! <laughs> hey, RTT family. Join our Red Table Talk group on Facebook. Become part of the conversation. To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, coming May 15th, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.